welcome to The Grounded Catholic, the podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia, where we'll be talking about the Catholic faith, culture, life, and a little bit of everything in between. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and on today's episode, it is a little bit of a throwback episode. Uh, on this episode today, we will be hearing from uh, myself, Corinne Riley, the campus minister here at UVA, and Bill Donahue from the Theology of the Body Institute in Philadelphia. This episode was recorded a little over a year ago. Like I said, it is a throwback episode, and Bill was down here in Charlottesville, Virginia to give a talk here at the university about the theology of the body. And after his talk, we decided to sit down, grab a few microphones, and discuss a little bit about beauty, uh, music, and how it speaks to the human soul. And so we cover a lot of different things in this discussion, uh, so much so that we're going to uh, break it up into a few different episodes, and uh, today's the first installment of that. Like I said, we're covering uh, some of our favorite music artists, uh, our favorite poets, and even a little bit about Fire Festival. Like I said, this was recorded a little over a year ago. But sit back, relax, and enjoy the discussion. So where where were we? What songs were we listening to? Like we were talking about the wild. So yeah, that's that's really what kicked off this entire conversation, really. Yes, we were talking about just we kind of need a fresh encounter with a new language, and how the language for us has been music, has been power music, and how Mumford and Sons just like cut right into the mystery. So the song, the wild which was circling in my head, and then you said it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) So we must play it, so we played it. And yeah, there's just something about that song in particular that has like this reverent wonder of, like even the the music, the way it's orchestrated, it's just drawing you into this little, we talked about snowflakes. Like it's a a very subtle reverent sort of like, whoa, something's changed. But there was that, there was that attraction, like, like as you d- were describing it, kind of like the soft stillness of that snowfall where uh, it's kind of enveloping you. But at the same time, it was like you were peeking through the wardrobe, you know, yeah. and like how, how <clears throat> perfectly fitting that was to that song. Right. Right. Like just even the, the line from, from Marcus Mumford, uh, what's that I see? I think it's the wild. Like it, it's still it's the shroud in mystery. It's kind of like when Lucy goes through the wardrobe and she's, are these fur coats I'm feeling? But now is that a branch? It's getting cold. Is that crunching under my feet? So like these are all like sense based experiences, which I think people are craving today. Like we want to, you know, virtual reality. We kind of know it's vapid and it's like I want to live. I want to feel. And then this is the invitation. Like okay, yeah, live, feel. Just go. It's the wild. Can't be controlled, can't be contained or or manufactured. Just go into it. Yeah. Well, I think even just the word, the wild, um, it captures like mystery, adventure, um, something that's kind of hidden that you have to delve into. And those are things that are super attractive to young people right now, Mm -hmm. like adventure, especially Mm -hmm. Um, wanting to like go deep and have experiences that no one else. I mean, hey, that's like the draw of 
um, Firefest <laughs> that what we were talking about. Okay, okay. Firefest, <laughs> is, I am obsessed with Firefest right now. Is this Burning Man slash Okay, this was, no, no, if only. Um, just a quick postcard. So Firefest was just um, presented as the, is basically Instagram come to life on an island in the Bahamas music festival two years ago. Um, just a, an, an, an amazing experience. It hit every millennial box of desire wow. possible. And it was a total fiasco because <laughs> it was not anything planned or anything like that. And it just became this, um, the epitome of... Uh, dumpster fires like um, and so it's become this butt of this joke and and stuff and so two recent documentaries came out one on Hulu one on Netflix about Firefest and um, but at the core of that like 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 you were saying is that desire for adventure well it it promises you something that is outside of yourself Mm -hmm. like and that is that deep desire that we have like I I always go back to like the human heart. It's like there's a a black hole (laughs) Mm. in the human heart that just wants to devour everything. And Mm. the things that are outside of us that look bigger than us, we think, well, maybe that can come in and fill it. And that's, I don't know, that's like the draw of beauty. Like it's something that's bigger that we can't really capture. Um, But we try to like the phone, Instagram, like all of that. It's like, let me just capture that moment. Um, so yeah, that was the whole draw of Firefest, and that does. I think that taps into this whole human experience of we didn't make ourselves, we didn't create this universe with all its wildness, diversity, mystery. You know, we can't even figure out like how a microwave works. Really, I mean, like, you know, we're on Wi-Fi. What does that even mean? Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're creating stuff. I don't even know how. Really, like, why does it? Why do I exist? How how is this table held together? And this glass is different from the table. So, yeah, like those kinds of things are invitations into be in the mystery. Just kind of experience it. And I think, yeah, we're, we're so controlled, so contained. Our environments, are, you know, we walk around on concrete and we're surrounded by glass and steel all the time. And we have so many things controlled that, yeah, like thr- getting thrust into something that's just cloudy and then suddenly blue sky and then like a shift again of snowfall or whatever it might be is like, mm-hmm. well, this is outside of my control and how much we need that. Like we need to get shaken up. Right. Because mm-hmm. the minute we, we kind of settle into like, oh, I know what's happening right now. You know, I mean, we said tonight in the reflection, we talked about, you know, if your Jesus is boring, you have the wrong Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's radical. And, but it's real because it, he's unpredictable in a certain sense. Right. I mean, in our, in our walk, like stuff happens like wow this is different i'm in the unknown aslan he's not a tame lion that's right he's good (laughs) but he's not a tame lion yeah yeah well that's that's actually one of the reasons why i love that the song beloved comes right before the wild is because Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. takes kind of this intangible desire and it enfleshes it in this experience of a relationship with another person so i mean for those who don't know the song beloved was written Um, about Marcus Mumford's experience of holding his grandmother as she passed away and like this deep relationship that he had with her and how it was so human and raw and it's beloved is just like this ode to the love and relationship he had with his grandmother but he he talks about what was the line when he says like the wild is coming for her the wild is knocking at the door yeah yeah so it's it even like kind of harkens to this 
like future um, mm. song. It's a song right after the wild. And yeah, I think they, they just blend together. You have like the human and the divine um, and you can't really have, like they don't really make sense. I, I don't think the wild can really like make sense without hearing beloved right before. It's like this human ex- experiential thing that happens to prepare you for it yes which because you can only move i mean i think that's life right you you experience this natural thing that opens the door to the supernatural because you know okay i can explain what's happening you know she's dying her heart's giving out whatever but why and why now and then and then what like where is it going yeah right so we can only go so far with our understanding of the what's but then it's suddenly the why and then we're again we're not on stable ground anymore it's the mystery which means like I need God. Like I need to, I need to understand. I don't need to know the, the, the meaning of it all, but I need to put myself into the comforting arms of the father who does know all like leap of faith, trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean this, we started to t- kind of talking about the language, right? And our common language within the first, I mean, 30 minutes of being in the same space. Mm-hmm. The common language for all of us was music. We hit the ground running. Oh, real quick, <laughs> real quick. Usain Bolt's over here just like <laughs> off and running. Um, but World's fastest man. But how could he know that? Did he race everybody in the world? He has, no. yes, actually. Oh, yes. It, was just, it was so quick he didn't even realize he was racing you, and he was just on to the next one. Um, but we, that common experience of how beauty puts us in touch with like something outside of us, and it kind of... Uh, you, you talk so much and, and it was so wonderful to, like that that ache that we all have and how beauty at times pokes that ache makes it worse but also makes us aware of it mm-hmm. and bringing in kind of the the that great desire which made firefest such a wonderful festival but at the same time such a wonderful failure because it kind of <laughs> poked on that desire to have this um how music and beauty so you put beautiful music in a beautiful natural place um and, and beautiful people all everything was just beautiful 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 and people wanted to have that elevate them outside mm-hmm. you know this is why music festivals are such um such a wonderful experience for so many people because it, it lifts them up into um, this kind of weird uh, communion with thousands of others that music yeah. has that role within there. there. There is something huge right there. You just said, father, I mean, and people, you know, I think sort of the, and I, I don't mean this in a very pejorative way, but maybe a little bit like the Orthodox Catholic, the solid Catholic, the well-formed Catholic can be fearful or critical about like, you know, a U2 concert or, you know, where people are, it just seems almost religious. But the thing is like, it is, (laughs) it is religious. And I think that we, it's a disservice to everybody. If you just think, well, that's secular, that's over there. And this is the sacred part. And never the twain shall meet. When there's a thinker, I forget his name, but he says, there's not a, there's not a secular molecule in the universe. Like it's all sacred, right? right? It's all holy. But, but where, where does that, um, Where's that meeting point between the sacred and the secular? Jesus. <laughs> Short answer, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, who was? I mean, it was the song we were listening to? He, he's, um, what was it? The hunter of the heart. What, oh was yeah, yeah, the madman of the heart. The madman of the heart. Halls, the the yeah. weaver, right? I mean, that, that what a beautiful I'm line. To his madman, the madman of the heart, right? Who? Because the incarnation, Jesus, 
subsumes all creation into himself as the body, then takes that body and glorifies it. I mean, Pope Benedict has this ridiculous line where he talks about the word becomes flesh so that the flesh might become word. Mm. Like he calls it logicization. <laughs> he makes up words. Yeah. The logos. Just drop that pun at the yeah, next cocktail party. Uh, like, it's just logicizing the, the, the other yeah, day. He, so he comes down and he takes up everything, right? Behold, I make all things new. Mm. That means, again, not a secular molecular universe. Everything is lifted up. Everything is redeemed. And who are we to think like, well, God can't work with that or he could work through that or. I mean, wouldn't that be very pharisaical, you know, like, but no, he, and this is Jesus, Jesus's body language is constantly, I'm going to break your conventions. I'm touching this leper. I'm touching this dead person. I'm breaking this Sabbath law that you kind of actually created, not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's crossing the boundary and then, dr- and then drawing it in again, subsuming it like into himself, which means every one of us should say like, what's moved me? Is it my friend's sons? Is it Trevor Hall? Is it a song by David Wilcox, which I'm about to quote right now? Nice. You ready for this? I'm so ready. It, it means, <laughs> now David Wilcox is a singer-songwriter from North Carolina. I don't know what his faith background is, uh, but he's on the journey like all of us. But, he, you know, here he is. He's this vulnerable poet whose heart is open to everything, right? And and here's what he sings. And I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to say it. it. The song is called Slipping Through My Fists, and it's this analogy of the sailor like the the ropes coming untied off the dock and the boat's drifting off and he's tempted to grab and stay secure. But then he's like, let me just see what happens. So he sings, I was wondering where the wind was trying to take me overnight if I never did resist. What strange breezes make a sailor want, it, want to let it come to this with lines untied slipping through my fist. So it's the journey, the drift, the letting go, the image of water, mm-hmm. right? Like into the deep. I mean, this is extremely deep in the thought of John Paul the Great, right? Duke and Altum put out into the deep. What does that mean? Like, well, I'm not in my comfort zone anymore. I can't feel the bottom. I, you know, if something brushes past, I, what is that? But I'm even, in the wild again, right? That, that, that so such a beautiful scene. This was, I mean, um, that was the the gospel for this past Sunday, and um, mm. what absolute craziness it was that Jesus asked Peter to set out into the deep. Oh, right. You know, it was he. He'd been fishing all night. When when do you fish? Like in the middle of the night. Right, right, right. right. And and where where do you catch the fish? Well, actually, close to the shore where there's vegetation. And so, in the middle of the day, after they had fished all night, he has brand new, clean, perfect nets. <laughs> Jesus gets in the boat and says, "Set out into the deep and drop your nets there." Right, counterintuitive. Here, Go against no, no, everything. Here's you think this is gonna work. random carpenter. <laughs> right. From from where small town nobody knows what good can come from Nazareth, right? Telling this fisherman for generations coming from a family of fishermen that here, you know, middle of the day, go out into the deep doing the idiotic thing. <laughs> right. And Peter says, you know, Lord, we've done this all night, mm. but at your word, I'll let down the nets. Yeah, that that's the essential part. But, I mean, this is one of my favorite parts about that entire scene is um, – Peter's response is, I will let down the nets. And then the very next line says, when they were trying to pull up the nets, then they almost began to break. And they called to. Mm. It goes from a first-person singular to a a plural. Mm. So, yes, Peter says, I'll let down the nets. But Jesus is there with him trying to pull up. Wow. And you're not alone in that. 
So yeah, you may be setting out into the deep and you may be going into the wild, but you're not alone. Yeah. And I think that is so much the fear of, of us mm. in so many ways is that we don't, mm. we see the adventure, we, we're attracted to it, but um, it's that kind of FOMO. Um, that thing is that you don't want to do that. You, you would do that. You know, you would set off on a plane to who knows where, but you just don't want to do it alone. You want to know you have somebody by your side. Yeah, exactly. In fact, it's a disservice if we do it alone. I mean, we're, we would, we would literally get lost in the infinite ocean of mystery, right? If we did that. And I think that's why, um, Jesus becomes, the word becomes flesh and dwells among us. Cause he's like, I, this is a mystery bigger than you. I need to take you by the hand into this mystery. There's a great line, um, from uh, this novel came out in 1927 or so, Mr. Blue by Miles Connolly. Mm. It's like a modern day St. Francis story. He shows sure. up in Manhattan and he's just this wide eyed, like mystic. And people are really like, what, what is he doing? But uh, he has a great line. He says, are you, he's talking to a businessman, right? Mr. Blue's talking to a businessman and he's, he's the St. Francis type. He's just been radically moved by the mystery. And he says, are you a Christian? I nodded. The businessman said, he said, Mr. Blue, you're lucky. We're both lucky. I think, he whispered half to himself, my heart would break with all this immensity. They're looking at the stars. If I did not know that God himself once stood beneath it, a young man as small as I. Like, that that's, he, Jesus is our portal, right? He's our way in, right? That, so we don't, we can't, we can't go into the mystery alone. I think that's where some of the Eastern religions maybe get a little bit lost. It becomes this big blur, this nirvana, this immense ocean and i'm just a drop that dissipates but the cool thing about the incarnation is like in christ we enter into the heart of the father and then whoa i mean the glorified body we don't just become disembodied and float away into light but we our bodies will be taken up into the mystery so all the stuff that we experience here below um is somehow also taken up which is a wild thing to think about right like wow <laughs> which again i think goes back to the, the things that draw drew us into him, the music, the art, the poetry, the good whiskey, right? The good conversation with friends, the experience of everything is a is a stepping stone or a sacramental into it. I don't, I don't think he's dismissing any of it. Somehow it'll be redeemed. Scripture says new heavens and a new earth. Right. Right. But we disembody that, you know. We think it won't be somehow in the body, but it will be. Thank you very much to Bill Donahue for joining us uh, in this discussion. We'll be having more episodes, which will be a continuation of that discussion with Bill that was recorded in February of 2019. We'll also be having other episodes where Corinne and myself will be discussing the Catholic faith and how do we live that faith in our current culture uh, and specifically within the context of the ministry here at the University of Virginia. So please uh, share this episode if you enjoyed it and you think others will enjoy it as well. And please subscribe as we uh, continue to produce more episodes um, of this podcast. So thank you very much for listening to The Grounded Catholic and God bless you.